Don't Cause a Ruckus is a completely fan-produced show of the fan-controlled sports and entertainment network. The first ever open-source professional sports league controlled entirely by you, the fans. If you'd like to watch live, tune into our Twitch, YouTube, or social media channels every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Now, it's time for Don't Cause a Ruckus with AJ Kaw and Jose Ruckus. We're talking that talk, just spitting them facts. Them facts. We setting them traps and cracking them bags. Yeah. We got all the news, we know all the stories. Know the story. yeah. We start from the bottom, rise up to the glory. Yeah. We say what your local reporters can say. Yeah. We break down the X's and those on the play. Replace AJ, King, Con, and Jose. Ruckus. We call it right on the first take and they love us. Yeah, we the best when it comes to sports debate. Find the podcast and let it play. Let if it we play. get you in your feelings, that's okay. AJ and Jose send you on your way like, bro. What's up, Internet? Welcome to Don't Cause a Ruckus, your favorite debate show. You just don't know it yet. I am your host, Jose Ruckus. Joining me is my good friend and arch rival, AJ Ka. What's up, AJ? Not much, man. How you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing great. We got a stacked show today. Yesterday was one of the biggest days of sports news I can remember in a really long time. Some NBA drama went down. There was uh, the biggest uh, trade deadline the NFL has ever had on top Mm -hmm. of many other things yesterday. I'm excited to get into this show, man. Let's just do it right now. Let's do it. All right. So, like I said, biggest NFL trade deadline in history. AJ, who are the big winners? Who are the big losers from this trade deadline? All right. Big winner for me, Justin Fields. He got something that he really sorely needed, and that's a wide receiver that can catch the ball. Now, Claypool coming from Pittsburgh honestly is an immediate upgrade for them. The fact that this man can play and he was underutilized in the Steelers' offense, it not only helps Claypool show out and show what he's capable of, but it also gives Justin Fields the ability to not have to run out of every pocket. Him. Not only that, but let's look at TJ Hawkinson. This man went from the worst team in the Detroit Lions to the surprisingly really good Minnesota Vikings. So to me, that's just an upgrade. Yeah, the Vikings aren't a very pass-heavy towards tight end situation, but maybe it will. I they mean, have been they in have, the past. Kirk Cousins has had tight in ends past. in the past. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. In the past, they've used them and utilized tight ends to a high degree. And I think it was just the fact that they were lacking in that. And, and let's be real. There's not a lot of great tight ends out there. And I think TJ Hawkinson could really shine in the Vikings offense. Yeah, it is. It is. A, it is a big move that can really help put them over the top. They already have Justin Jefferson there, and they have Adam Thielen. Having uh, uh, T.J. Hawkinson, the ball hawk, at just like that puts that receiving core over over the edge because he, yeah, he's been very, very good on the Lions, and I expect him to be good uh, in that system that has, yeah, previously used tight ends really, really well. Um, I agree with you on the winners. Chase Claypool moving to the Bears. It's, you know, that's not a team that's necessarily in win now mode. I don't think that they're expecting this to put them over the top. But over the last couple of weeks, the offense there has really started to shine. And people have been saying, like, give Justin Fields 
an elite pass catcher and see what happens if that takes them to the next level. I uh, I definitely like that pickup from them. Um, I would say the biggest loser from this trade deadline is the Denver Broncos. Uh, they had one of one of the best pass rushers in the league right now, Bradley Chubb. They traded him away to the Miami Dolphins, who honestly, if I'm going to be clear right now, such a huge pickup for the Miami Dolphins, a team that is really competing hard right now. They needed a pass rusher with uh, their secondary being out. They can't blitz as much as they used to. So this is a huge pickup for them. But you look at the Broncos in the offseason. They went, they traded a bunch of picks to get Russell Wilson. And now it seems like they're they're giving up on the season, essentially. Like they're this is a, them admitting defeat, as far as I can tell. Yeah, I mean, is I, I it's hard to disagree with you. I, I think they kind of are just like, well, that you know, this experiment didn't work well, and I can see you smiling for for numerous reasons. But for me, I think the real like losers of this were first of all, Cooks in Houston. The man is on the worst team and he's arguably one of the best wide receivers in the league. This man can show out and I, I know he was hoping to get traded, but not only that cam Akers too, like the man is yeah. begging, begging to get out of Los Angeles. And it's just like, well, we're not going to do it for some odd reason. Like now it's just literally just what, what is, what are they doing? What are they doing over there? They have a running back that doesn't want to play that you aren't playing why not trade him now? I mean, I was expecting the Rams to make a move for like Kareem Hunt, or there were a couple other um, there were a couple other running backs out there. The Dolphins again, huge pickup for them in getting Jeff Wilson. Obviously, the 49ers aren't going to trade Jeff Wilson to an in division rival, but um, they the thing with the Rams is that they're missing too many pieces for them to actually make a run at the trade deadline. Their all line is bad. They need running backs. They need receivers. There's too many holes to fill in that roster right now. They're just not. They're just not very well constructed right at the moment. Um, I would be surprised. Focus on the future. Focus on the Hell future. Yeah, focus man. on the future. Come focus on. on the future. Why yeah, not? they. Why not? They have so many picks that they're just going to be set up for the future. They'll be able to build through the draft, right? But uh, you would hope. You would hope. Um, I expect Cam Akers to get cut. I would imagine that some teams did put out feelers for Cam Akers. Uh, there probably wasn't anything that, that could come of that. Are you talking about Brandon Cooks? Brandon Cooks' contract is just too big to trade for. The guy actually is getting paid quite a bit of money by Houston. Yeah, but like, it's one of those situations where like, there's some teams that could use that. Like, let's be honest. Like, you're telling me that there aren't any teams in the NFL right now that could use him. There are, there absolutely are teams that could use Brandon Cooks, but there are a lot of people at the Brandon Cooks level who are getting paid a lot less is the problem. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know if I can agree with that. I feel like I feel like he's one of those players that like in the proper offensive like coordination, he can show out. He could be a Julio Jones level player. He just has been in Houston for so long that nobody knows what, what what's okay. And that's a terrible organization that hasn't run it itself well in any sort of way. There hasn't been a good quarterback there for years, if ever, arguably. Yeah. So, like, you know, this is one of those situations where, like, he, it, it's great that he's getting paid, I'm sure, 
but there has to be a team out there that's looked at him and has gone, you know, it's worth the money to to bite the bullet on that contract. And I'm just, I, I genuinely think this is Houston going, well, we have one good thing. Let's hold on to it, you know? But, yeah, I mean, he's not even really playing right now, right? I just take, took a look at it. Um, Brandon Cook signed a two-year, about $40 million contract extension in Houston. And you look at the teams that are really desperate right now for wide receivers, and it seems like the Green Bay Packers, who just signed one of the biggest quarterback contracts of all time, like, they would really love a Brandon Cooks right now, I bet. But they just, it's, you're trading all that salary cap for picks as well. It's it's a lot of uh it's a lot of investment to make in a guy who is i mean like where would you even put him like top 20 maybe top 20 top 15 if you're really being generous yeah i just think this is houston hoping and praying that like deshaun watson comes back and it is a magical combo and honestly it may be but I think the season is over for them. I think this is one of the, another one of those situations where it's like kind of what the Falcons have been doing. Like yeah. trade for better picks. Trade for better picks. Look for the future because, you know, for some reason, I, I, they're doing exactly the opposite of what they want to do. They're doing well when they're trying to tank, it looks well, like. Well, yeah, you're speaking of the Falcons. Let's talk about the Falcons right now. Uh, both your team and my team, the Seahawks and the Falcons, are sitting at the top of their respected divisions um aj are the falcons are the falcons good should they be good what's going on okay are the falcons good yes it's really hard for me as a fan of the falcons to say that they are bad because I, i i genuinely believe that they are not bad i do believe they're playing above what they should be playing they shouldn't be at the top of the nfc south at, at all in my opinion uh i love it i'm happy about it but i feel like it's just like we're just a bad division you know like you are the only team that is currently leading a division without a winning record yeah. Falcons sitting at four and four and in lead of the division it's a bad we're division not losing it's not, yeah, you're not losing i mean record yeah it's not a losing record um you know there are teams like the seahawks who have in the past made it to the playoffs on a losing record there is a chance that this division will produce one of those this year. That'll be fun. But I mean, when you look, when you actually watch these Falcons games, it's one of the things it's, is that they never look in control of a game, right? It's disconnected. It's very disconnected. Uh, it's it's the end of the game and all of a sudden things have the dominoes have fallen in such a specific way. Boom, the Falcons win. Young Way Koo is kicking a 50-yard field goal and the Falcons win. It's funny because I, I genuinely believe that they were like marketing with Young Way throughout Atlanta because they're like, he's one of our best players. And when a kicker is one of your best players, most marketed players, that's not a good sign, guys. Uh, but genuinely, I'm still on the let's get Ritter in there. I think, like I've said before, they're running like an offensive scheme that pretty much is for a brand new rookie quarterback like why not give the rookie some especially in garbage time when you know you're gonna lose give the kid some shots like i i genuinely feel like it's you're you're once again building for the future especially with all the trades that they made at the deadline like they just literally traded for draft assets so why not build towards the future trade mariota 
right now. The man is at the peak of tradeability I've ever seen that man be. Like this is one, and especially in a season where quarterback, good quarterbacks are few and far between. Like trade him. Trade his ass right now. Get him out of Atlanta. Give the rookie a shot because you're never going to get more for him than right right now. He's, I don't know. He's he's doing okay. Like he's had some games. Um, I mean, I I obviously I think that they should let Desmond Ritter sit for a bit. I do think that that eventually the Falcons are going to start getting lucky. I do think this they end up in tanking mode. They're going to lose a lot more games. They're going to end up with a pretty nice. Uh, draft pick but i mean when you look at their division the saints are starting to get things figured out right saints have had a couple really good games they just shut out the raiders andy dalton is playing surprisingly well they're scoring a lot of points i still believe that eventually the bucks are gonna get it all figured out there's gonna get more consistency with that team i don't think the falcons at the end of this year are going to win this division you never know but i mean it could happen i don't you never know I mean, eventually, do you do you do you think like if at the end of the year, if the Falcons are still like, I mean, we're halfway through it now. Do you think the Falcons should start changing up the roster to lose more games? I, I think they need to make a decision, and they need to make a decision soon. I, I think if they do want to go full tank, t- get rid of Mariota. I think that's what they should have done at the trade deadline, and it doesn't look like they're going that way. It looks like they're trying to win with what they've got, and they're just looking for trade assets because I, I feel like they've given up on tanking. They're like, let's see where we can go with this. Why not? I I, I know we got to move on to the Eagles. I want to hear what your take is on the Seahawks. Are they real? Because Geno Smith, in my opinion, is not, but I want him to be because he's my fantasy football quarterback. Geno's, okay. Geno Smith is real. Okay. I don't know if the Seahawks are real, but Geno Smith is the level that Geno Smith is playing at right now. He's the, he is the leading quarterback in uh, passes on target. He's the best deep. He is literally the best deep ball thrower in football right now. PMF has PFF has him at a uh, 95.7 passing grade. First among quarterbacks. This guy is throughout the the first half of the season here. He's been playing incredible football. He's hitting just like every single deep ball that he needs to. He's adjusting the line of scrimmage. He's audibling into perfect plays at the right moment. The Seahawks, I don't think that at the end of this season, we're going to win our division. I really don't think so. I think that eventually, you know, the Seahawks are operating on such a small margin of error right now. And these games that we're winning, we're basically playing perfectly. The, the the defense is making exactly the right adjustments. All the rookies are playing far beyond expectation, right? We drafted two rookie tackles who have started every single game this year, and they're playing like some of the best offensive linemen in football. That's not normal, right? Like, that's not something that's totally sustainable. I think the Seahawks are a really good football team right now, but this isn't our year year down the line two years down the line then we're really competing but the team's just playing really really well right now i don't i can't explain it it's good coaching it's um a lot of young talent who's just being coached up at the right moment right now i'm i'm happy man i don't know i i was expecting i expected us to win at most six games this year it looks like we're going to be well above six games 
yeah, I think we're both in the same position where we're, our teams are definitely playing above where they should be playing right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, All right. Another team that's playing well above expectation right now. The Eagles are still undefeated. Are the Eagles for real the best team in the NFC, in the NFL? What do you think? I'm going to say two things. One, I love the fact that pretty much the whole day we're just saying, are these teams for real? Because that's that's the NFL and right now some of the NBA. But uh, as far as the Eagles, man, I do think they're the best team in the NFC. I, I just see it. Like for some reason, for some reason, they just have it all together. Hertz is honestly one of the most dynamic quarterbacks I've seen this season. It's amazing what he's doing. And for somebody that I generally didn't think was going to be that great coming into the season, he's very much astonished me. He's shown out. As far as the Eagles are doing, they're doing much better than expected. But I do think that, at least what I expected, but I genuinely believe that they are the team to beat in the NFC. If you can beat these guys, then maybe maybe you have a shot at an upset but i don't know i just see them as a team to beat in the playoffs they are all around playing really good football the defense is playing great the offense is unbelievable right now they're doing kind of everything i did like jalen hurts quite a bit mostly just based off the running ability we saw last season i thought that he was going to be a pretty good quarterback i thought he still had a long way to go but then we look at this last week where the guy threw just, he was throwing the entire game. He didn't even really get things done with his legs. A.J. Brown is such a huge addition to this team. They really seemed like they were a wide receiver away, and this trade for A.J. Brown has completely changed the game for them. Um, I don't know if they're the best team in football. They are, by far and away, the NFC team to beat. Um, when you look at their schedule, the schedule is not super difficult and it's not going to be difficult going pretty much the rest of the way. I don't know how many games this team loses, man. Like they're really good. I mean, yeah, I, I think that honestly, I think that's one of those situations where you look at the, the schedule and be like, all right, their path is kind of paved to the playoffs. And I, I I don't know. I think the Falcons are also in one of those easy like games across the season. And I, I think that's going to play, especially with the way all the other teams have been playing this season. I, I think that's going to play a heavy factor in who goes to the playoffs and who doesn't. The ease of schedule for the rest of the season is going to be a major factor. And hey... That's the way the cookie crumbles in the NFL, I guess. But Yeah, I mean, you want to just run through the rest of the schedule for the year. Uh, tomorrow, they play the Texans. Then they play the Commanders. Then they play the Colts. Then they play the Packers. Then they play the Titans. Then they play the Giants, the Bears, the Cowboys again, the Saints, the Giants again. Who's beating them? <laughs> Who on the list? The Cowboys, maybe? Cowboys are okay. Ah. Uh... I don't even want to say the Cowboys. I was I, I, maybe the Giants because they see them twice, right? So if they yeah. see the Giants twice, I'll I'll say the Giants will steal one from them. But uh, maybe the Bears, 
maybe the Bears, but that's like uh, the, the new Bears team with Chase Claypool. Yeah, exactly. But they they have to make that you know that cohesion happen between uh, Fields and Claypool. But other than that, that's like pretty much like you know the yellow brick road to the playoffs for the Eagles right now. The, they're not in Kansas, but eh, they're kind of close, right? The, the, I, could, I, I agree. I, I could see the Cowboys. I could see the Giants because those are the teams with defenses that have the potential to slow things down. Uh, the Giants, they blitz a lot. We'll see. I think Jalen Hurts has been pretty good against the blitz so far, but like an entire game of getting blitzed. We'll see how he does. Cowboys defense is really good this time around they'll actually have Dak Prescott that might change things but yeah um it's possible they don't lose a game until I mean they might just stop pulling the starters towards the end of the season because they're just gonna have this division locked up they aren't a tough division but I don't know this is ridiculous I did not expect the Eagles to be this good yeah, I, I didn't either. I mean, there's a lot of teams like that this season, and I still think it's because uh, poor quarterback, you know, performance this season all around the league. But like, you know, if you told me that the Jets, the Giants, and the Eagles were going to be as good as they were this season, I'd be like, yeah, go put money on Vegas and lose it, you know. <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk about another undefeated team, but in a different sport, the Milwaukee Bucks. AJ, you're going to have to lead this conversation, man, because I don't even know what you texted me about this. What's what's going on? OK, so. As far as NBA standings go, the Milwaukee Bucks are currently the only team undefeated in the entire mm-hmm. league. And I've seen all throughout the Internet are the Bucks for real. And I'm here to say, no, they're not. OK. <laughs> They're really not. The reason why I say this is because if you look at the last two games, actually, maybe it's two of the previous ones. I don't know if it was like I haven't watched their last game. But the game against the Knicks and the Hawks, the referees bailed them out. Yeah, go rewatch it, please. Especially the last two minutes. The Hawks were coming back on a tear. And literally, it was a three-point game. And for some reason, Trey Young gets... A charge called on him. Not a charge. He and then another offensive foul when you know he was literally just doing a block. So all these things, he gets shoved down later. There's so many fouls that I see. And it's 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 one of those things where like I get it. Hey, it's entertainment, but come on, refs. Let it be fun. Let it be a buzzer beater. Don't give the team anything. Let's go back to the days where we had a little contact that was fair. And then if somebody's actually pushing someone to the floor, hey, let's call that. If there's a charge in the lane, just because the guy gets a cool dunk, you should still call that, all right? It's an offensive foul for a reason. Giannis can't just dunk over everybody, put his knee in his chest, and kick a guy down to the floor and make it look flashy just because. I'm tired of it. I want to see the refs call some real basketball game and not this, okay, one side's going to win it because this guy, it's a better story. Whatever. The he happened with the Knicks, and I am not a Knicks fan. You know I'm not a Knicks fan. I hate the Knicks. The Knicks and the Hawks are playing right now. I wish I could see what's going on, 
I, I, I don't want to know an update. Somebody's going to tell me an update. I don't want to know. Okay. But I don't like the Knicks. So for me to say that they got robbed is messed up. Okay. Never mind. I do want an update. It's 9377. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, yeah. I, I don't. I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm getting tired of it. I feel like we're in the era where the ref can't call a game straight. I I say, just call man, it even, man. Shaquille O'Neal played like 20 years ago. It was way worse back then. This has nothing to do with the, the, the Bucks. Did you, watch, very... did you watch any of those no. games? No. Exactly. No, I didn't watch any so of those games. I don't yeah. need to. The Bucks are a good basketball team. They won a championship already. I just want to there, – there's literally a clip out there where Trey Young goes to shake Coach Bud's hand, right? The coach of the Milwaukee Bucks, and he literally goes and tells him to fuck off. Excuse my language, okay? But that's literally what happened. There's a clip. You can see him exactly say it and just wave him off. That okay? has nothing to do with how good of a basketball team they are. We're keeping there's, it PG-13. We get one, all right? Everybody there's gets one. six – they're six and zero, oh, and their second best player hasn't played a single minute in the season yet. AJ, who Middleton? Chris Middleton. Middleton's out. If you They're six and zero. Oh. Best player. Boy, Chris Middleton you... is their second best player. Okay, let's look. Do you think Bobby Portis is their second best player? Come on. No, Bobby Portis is obviously not their second best player. You go. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna. I got a bunch of stats for you. I'm gonna read out some stats for you, AJ. You go take a look at the Bucks roster. Tell me who's better than Chris Middleton. Okay. So one. I, I don't want to hear this. I want to say, look at their schedule. Look at who they played at the beginning of the season. All right. We got the dysfunctional 76ers, the Rockets, the dysfunctional Nets, the Knicks, then the Hawks. Two of which I said the refs helped him out in. And then the Pistons. This is another one of those situations where they've had easy games so far and were bailed out when the, it was That's too close. Only to one team on that list is like not a good basketball team to beat. You think the Rockets are a good basketball team to beat? No, I said the Rockets are the only one on that list that I would be like, okay, that's a gimme. Like, didn't Kyrie and KD in the game against the Bucks, they both scored 30? They doesn't matter. That's a dysfunctional team. Look at what's we'll talk about it later. But look at what's going on. And like, okay, but that is why the Bucks are good because a, a dysfunctional team can have two players put up thirty against them and they still win. That's a good basketball team. I'm tired of this. All right, let's move on because they're no, not no, for real. No, because I prepared for this segment, AJ, okay, fine. because let they are for real. Let me hear okay, let's right. talk about Giannis because Giannis is the best player in the NBA right now because, one, from defense, Giannis is holding opponents to 32.2% from the field. He is locking people down. On the other side, Giannis is averaging 34.4 points per game. He's averaging 34 points a game, 14 rebounds, five assists, 60% from field goal. He's the best two-way player in the world right now. He's playing dominant basketball. Let's talk about the Bucks defensively as a whole. Number one defensive rating. First in opponent field goal percentage. Brooke is leading the league in BPG, blocks per game. Leading the league. Giannis, again, holding opponents to 32% from the field. And Drew is averaging a high... Six, uh, averaging a career high SPG. The Bucks are the best defense in the league. 
They have the best offensive player in the league right now, except for maybe Luka. They're a good basketball team. And again, second best player. Hasn't even stepped foot on the court this season. They're winning the East. I don't know, man. I think the East is up for grabs still. They're the one seed. Don't. don't, We're five games into the season. Six games into the season. You cannot say that right now. That is the boldest take I've heard ever. All right. No, it's not. Yes, it is. People were calling them the one seed before the season started. All right, then bet. All right, I want to. We got. This is one of those things we're going to come back to. We we need a bet on this because honestly, if you, I will take the entire Eastern Conference over what's going the Bucks in first place. Okay, barring barring a Giannis barring a Giannis injury. Fair. Bucks are the one seed. I mean, he's a hoss, so he's not going to get hurt. Deal. Bet. 10,000 fan IQ or fan whatever, you know, points that okay. we get for watching this. What's it called? I'm bad. I'm old. They've already won a championship. You can't act like they're not. They've already won a championship. Boston was number one last season. Anyway, let's move on. Move. move okay. On. The Nets. Everything's on fire in the Nets. Everything's going to hell in a handbasket in the Nets. Steve Nash has been fired. They're apparently going to hire suspended coach Ime Udoka from the Celtics. Called it. Called you, it. You, you, you did. I, I'm utterly baffled by everything going on in Brooklyn right now. Um, what the f- What's going on? I mean, uh, nothing good. I mean... It's one of those things where you're in trouble when your star is saying, when one of your star players is saying the things that Kyrie's saying. It's getting the attention off the game. I'm not going to even give it the time of day because that's just horrible stuff that he said. And, you know, nobody should repeat it. And I'm not going to give it the time of day because it doesn't need it. It's not here nor there. It's not for the court. None of that's cool. Moving on. That's getting too much attention away from what really matters. And that's the game. Okay. Let's focus on that. Not only that, I think Steve Nash saw this coming. I think he wanted out of Brooklyn because it is a dumpster fire right now. His two biggest stars are not gelling. You know, the offense is supposed to be one that on paper would destroy most plays, most teams, and should be a playoff bound team, but they're doing pretty badly. Like besides Kevin Durant being Kevin Durant and like Kyrie Irving, like the man is talented. We got we, we can't deny that. But it's one of those situations where maybe this is the perfect situation for I'm gonna butcher his name, but Ime Udoku, Coach Udoku. I think he's one of the few people that could turn it around. I, I love Steve Nash, don't get me wrong, but I feel he like he's one of those people where he has experience in horrible locker room situations, i.e. Dwight Howard and him in the Lakers. Dwight Howard's first run. Like, it's it's one of those situations where you want what's best for both parties. You want to see the side succeed. And the Celtics were okay with letting their coach walk. And I think that was a poor decision on the Celtics on my end. But, hey, I think this is great for Brooklyn if he can fix it. It's still six games into the season. It's too early to call who's going to be in first. And any any conference. It's not. So it is. It's too early, man. You don't know it's what can happen. Not. Look, 
Emu Odoka, he's going to have that Nets bench looking really, really good. And they're going to miss the playoffs because <laughs> what's going on in Brooklyn cannot be fixed by a, just bringing in a new coach. Uh, it's a dumpster fire there. Um, do, you, do you really think the guy who uh, completely disrespected Steve Nash, said they didn't need a coach, was holding his own private practices, is really going to deal with the coach who last season was yelling at his star players on the bench when they weren't performing well? Kyrie's going to hate this guy. KD is just totally checked out. He wants nothing to do with any of this. The the Nets, they, they lack... They lack the leadership and they lack the um, like the want for leadership. Kyrie thinks that that is his team and that they can just do whatever they want. And as long as Kyrie is there, everything is going to be solved, despite the fact that they've been terrible the entire time that he's been there. Kyrie, they the Nets ownership needs to blow this entire thing up. They need to wash their hands of it. Honestly, they should probably sell the team. Everything going on with the Nets right now is just bad. This is so bad. All right. That's a bold statement because Jay-Z already sold the team. All right. You can't sell it twice. <laughs> but whoever is the new owner, they can't sell it. Uh, honestly, I, I, I don't know, man. I'm not as skeptical as you are. I really do think that it's it's all about the coach, man. Maybe, like you said, may, maybe it won't work. Maybe Kyrie's going to hate it. Or maybe this is the type of coach he needs. Someone to tell him, hey, shut the blank up, all right? We need you to focus on the game. You're a good player. You need to be a good leader. And what you're doing off the court isn't being a good leader. That's worked so well with the previous nine coaches Kyrie's had. I mean... The man is uncoachable. He's How many coaches have to get fired before we just land on the conclusion the man's uncoachable? He's not Russell Westbrook, all right, dude? Give the man a chance, all right? All right. Let's get into the next topic. We've talked about tanking in the NBA this season. Victor Wembanyama is right there at the prize for whoever tanks the best and wins the lottery. But the Jazz and the Spurs keep winning games. They are about to reach to the point where they are going to be out of the top of the lottery for, like, the most available uh balls in the game are they winning too much do they need to back off and go full tank mode yeah i mean i the spurs obviously i think do i i also am very surprised that the jazz are performing at the rate they're performing um i'm hoping that this doesn't turn into the season that everyone tanks uh we, we've seen before that the new draft has changed it up being the last place team doesn't automatically give you the first place in the draft anymore and really didn't before but now it's even less so like the odds are stacked against you let's be honest and the best thing to do is to just perform as best you can you're right that they can you know lose a bunch of balls but it's about Victor Wembanyama, and everybody wants him next season and I thought the Spurs were truly after him especially when they traded DeJounte Murray to the Hawks. Now, I think this is one of those situations where, yes, they need to stop winning both teams if they want any shot at a good rebuild to start next year. The issue is 
is every other team also doing that? Are there really going to be only like six or seven teams this year that truly go for the championship? And if that's the situation, this is going to be a fun season just to see who's going to go for it and who's not. Because Wembenyana is a big, big, big get for next season. People are saying he's better than Zion. He could be the next LeBron. The man is 6-1, and he played in the EuroLeague and was great. Like, I'm not a big believer in taking. Like, I think that from what we've seen from Philadelphia, what we've seen from the Cleveland Browns, building a losing culture in your organization does not end well for you. Um, I think intentionally burning an entire season down to try to get one guy, it pretty much doesn't work. I think, like, who's the, who's like the one time that we've seen, like, tanking really work? The Houston Astros sort of tanked for a bit, but... Different sport. I don't know. Yeah, and base, baseball is much different. Um, it's a it's a much easier sport to tank into and still maintain your culture because baseball is weird. Um, I just like when you look at what the tanking the process did to Philadelphia. Like, I'm not signing up for that, man. I, I Victor's good. Victor's really really good, but you can. You can win some uh you can win some games and compete and still end up with that first pick. So for me, just do what you're doing, Pop. You gotta figure it out. You're the best one of the best coaches of all time. Right? That's true. I mean, I guess trust in Pop. I don't know. It's worked in the past. All right. Next topic we got today. The XFL is going through with the complete rebrand. Now they've already they already announced they they changed the XFL logo. The XFL logo is now the new terrible XFL logo. The Axe XFL. Yeah, we we got it here on the screen. Yeah, and it looks like I don't know, like a energy drink brand. I don't know. It doesn't look like a sports league. It looks like a scent of Axe, and that's why I say it's the XFL. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but now that they've they've released the team logos, um, let's see. Do we have the team logos? Oh, rebrand. Oh yeah. Yeah. Look at these. Um, general thoughts. Not good, Cotton. Not good. Um, I'm gonna be real. Like, there's a lot of teams that have very similar logos. Uh, the Battle Hawks, the Guardians, but. When you say rebrand, you're expecting more than just like, hey, let's up the same logos or the Renegades, I think, is a complete downgrade because they arguably had one of the coolest like it reminded me of like the Gotham football team in Dark Knight Rises or what, what I think that's the third one. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that one, like, they had that cool bandit. They were just different colors. And now they're the Arlington Renegades or... And it's not great. Yeah, I don't like that logo. I really don't like any of these logos. Um, they either look like clip art images or just like, like what's going on with the Vipers logo? What's going on with the Brahmas logo? These are, well, that's, these are that's, not good. That's the Rocks team. It should just be like the San Antonio, the Rock teams. Genuinely stunned that the Rock has decided they need to name a team after him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can't, apparently we can't stop talking about this guy on this show. He has to be brought up every single week. 
But yeah. this is exactly what we talked about in when we did the when we uh, talked about uh, Black Adam going into it. Everything The Rock does has to be a vanity project for The Rock. Everything has to be about him. He buys the football league and is like, you know what? One of the teams, it's going to be The Rock's team. It's going to be the Brahmas because I'm the Brahma bull. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, no, I agree. Um, I just don't think this is a rebrand, honestly. Like the Seattle Sea Dragons, I get, you know, alliteration. Totally smart. Battlehawks is the same logo. Vipers, uh, what? Uh, Guardians, pretty much same logo. Roughnecks, pretty much same logo. DC Defenders and Renegades, hey, we can put letters together. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just wish I, it was a little more creative. I really don't like the change from Seattle Dragons to Sea Dragons. One, it very obviously seems like they're just trying to make some kind of association with the Seahawks. Um, not a big fan of it. It's just a total useless word. And just Seattle Dragons. Seattle Dragons was cool. I liked the Seattle Dragons. I don't know this. I disagree. I think the Sea Dragons makes sense. Uh, it's it's alliteration. You like that in sports. It's like all high school teams, like the Love It Lions is like one that I remember. The Westminster Wildcats are like, uh, uh, what was uh Ours was horrible. Galloway Scots. Uh, uh, were we Scottish men? But we had like lions with wings. I don't know. It was weird. What was your <laughs> high school mascot? Oh, we were the, um, we were the Osprey. Okay. Well, like, you can't just say we were just the Osprey. What was your high school? Uh, well, it was the, 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 SR, the SRDCS Osprey. All right, that's a mouthful. Okay. That yeah, my school had all. a long name. That didn't work at all. I was expecting no, it's terrible. to be an alliteration. <laughs> Maybe it's just yeah. a South thing. Uh, ah, man, You're I, like I, I, I it. was... I in the past, I've been excited for the XFL... I'm not super excited for the third round of the XFL, um, especially just like, yeah, every every change that they've made so far to make it sleek and modern and different. I'm just not a big fan of um, don't like these logos. Don't like the league logo. I'm done with it. You're out. You're, you're not going to even I'm watch. Out. Ah. I mean, if it's on. I, I feel know. like you they'll, they'll they'll bring you back. They'll re- reel you back in. Somehow. I watch a lot of sports. I watch a lot of sports. I'm sure that if it's on and I'm bored, I will watch a game. But like I I watched the Seattle Dragons. I was into the Seattle Dragons. I like the St. Louis Battlehawks. I cared about the St. Louis Battlehawks. I doubt they're going to get any kind of like real investment from me this time around. I'm just like, this is the third time, man. How many times are we going to do this? Well, Vince McMahon's not on board, but you know what is a new sideshow? Boxing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thoughts so, yeah. on... Uh, which Go one ahead. of the Pauls fought Anderson Silva over the weekend? Um, yes. I don't really care about this. I haven't watched a single one of these fights because I have better things to spend my money on than fake boxing. AJ, what do you think? Uh, I'm in the same mentality. I just, my, my thought is let me wait to see the highlights the next day because it all comes down to like, at this point, I'm just expecting the person that they go against is either looking for money or looking for like, you know, one last call to fame. And most of the time it's just money. 
Like, look at the guy's past. He he's fighting literally. We're talking about a, I think a forty-seven-year-old. I'm probably wrong in the age, but in his forties, Anderson Silva, who in his practice bouts got knocked out by his training partner twice the day before the fight. So yeah, it's to me, it's just like the man took him to eight rounds, and he's bragging and calling out Nate Diaz, like. He's the Paul brothers are in over their head. His Jake needs to listen to his older brother and just go to WWE where it's court like choreographed. You know what's gonna happen. It, you could still hurt yourself, but you know the thing. You know the thing is, is that because it's boxing, he can probably beat Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz has never exactly been a dominant striker or anything. You take out Nate Di- Nate Diaz's ability to grapple on the ground. You're probably not going to knock him out. He's got a really strong jaw, but he's going to lose in points. But that's kind of that's kind of like the Paul, you know, playbook, if you will. They call yep. out UFC fighters to boxing, and it's not the same. A lot of these yep. guys have multitudes of weaponry or arsenal, like in their game, because UFC is not just striking; it's grappling, it's striking, it's kicking, it's everything but biting, essentially. And you need to know how to f- change it up on the fly. Boxing is always just boxing and strength. So it's it, it's like going to you know, a, it's like a football player going to a bunch of rugby guys, and he's like, "Let's play some football." And it's just like, well, the, the rules are different. It's not the same. Yeah, you could transfer those skills over, but it's not going to be immediate. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be interested when they decide, finally, they're going to fight a boxer, their weight class, their age. I'll gladly watch. Right now, a lot of people are just buying it to say, like, oh, well, you know, Anderson Silva, he's a bona fide guy. I've watched him before. He's definitely going to knock the Pauls out. Got to watch this. Got to watch him get knocked out. But it's just, no, this old guy is not going to compete against a young. Like, these guys won. Look, I'm not going to knock it. They're in shape. They practice a lot. They train a lot. They've learned boxing well enough to where, yeah, they can get in the ring with a UFC fighter and beat him. They can't compete with real boxers. Exactly. Exactly. I don't give a shit about the Paul's boxing. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan. I think this is just clickbait. I think this is just an attempt at getting more attention and it's genuinely working like give the yeah, men yeah. like you know give the men what they earn they definitely the are good at marketing gotta respect the hustle i'm not interested in the pulse boxing but i'll tell you what i am no, interested I'm, in aj i'll tell I'm you what i'm it. super interested in i'm talking about the world cup yeah i'm actually really excited about this too I have my Mexico World Cup jersey right over there. Cannot wait mm-hmm. to wear that. Root for I'm going to be rooting for Mexico. I'm going to be rooting for the US. The US men's team right now is actually really good for like the first time in I think 15 years. I can't even remember the last time we had a good team. This is awesome. Uh the World Cup's happening at a it does normally happen in November. This is not normally World Cup month, but it's here. How pumped are you? I'm honestly, I'm super excited for this uh, for a number of reasons. I have three teams that I'm going for. Um, and I I kind of, I, I love the fact that it changed to wintertime for 
one reason just for the players because the fact that it was in Qatar, it was going to be murderously hot yeah. if they held it at the yeah. normal time. Like it, it, that just wouldn't be fun. It wouldn't be fair, and it wouldn't be the same World Cup. So I think this is a compromise that, especially with what happened with the pandemic and every other major tournament that had to be pushed back, I think it was smart. It wasn't a big change. It's still technically in 2022. It lines up good. I'm also a huge fan of this because I am excited to eat turkey, watch football, and watch soccer. Like, that's going to be fun. Like, I-, I know most, you know, Americans are excited to watch football and, you know, do the Thanksgiving thing. I think that's great. Uh, I My family, my mom immigrated here from Portugal, my dad from Iran. I'm a first-generation American. So I'm rooting for the U.S., Iran, and Portugal. And I'm excited for everything that's happening. I think this is going to be great opportunity for a number of teams and it's ronaldo's last world Cup. messi's as well messi's world last world cup there's like these are there's a lot of storylines about this one yeah two massive legendary flames going out at the end of this as far as international play now i would love to see a uruguay portugal final personally i think that would be the perfect ending to this because those two legends have written such a historic battle between them and both have never well I mean I was gonna say both have never won an international cup that's not true Ronaldo has won the European Cup with Portugal and another cup too so he's won two technically and Messi hasn't won but I think it'd be great because people constantly compare these guys and what what not like what stage would be better if not the World Cup stage for them to prove who's the best i mean i'm gonna be rude i would really love to see the u.s make a deep run because i think that will really build a lot of like a lot of new fans to the sport would be really cool to see the u.s because like i said the u.s team is really good um the other team that i would really like to see um i think that the norway team uh with erling holland who is apparently the best scorer in soccer history. Um, I would love to. I mean, this this dude has been like he's had games where he scored like nine goals. Like, if this dude is doing some of that stuff in the in the in the World Cup, it's going to be ludicrous. Nuts. Yeah. Uh, so, super excited for that. Um, yeah. There's just this is a really really exciting World Cup, man. We got BC line in the chat going nuts over Canada. And I just want to say, hey, man, good luck. You have a kind of easy group. I I do think if we go group to group, I do think that group F, Croatia and Belgium are going to come out. If Canada does something, that'd be great. In the uh, in in our qualifying stages, uh, Canada was the best team in our qualifier stages. They dominated through qualifiers. The Canada team is going to be pretty good. I do see them potentially winning their uh their group. The US and uh England share a group. That's going to be super fun. I I think that's going to be a very intense group. Uh England, Iran, US and Wales. I I think Wales and Iran both have an opportunity to upset England and or the US, but who knows? That's the beauty of the World Cup. You never know who comes out of these group stages. Uh, I, I don't know who the group of death is this year, though. 
I feel like most I don't really think there pretty... is one. I think the closest one is the group that the U.S. is in. Probably, yeah, because I feel like most of them are. You kind of have some clear cut winners coming out of most of them. Maybe, maybe Argentina, Mexico, Poland, and Saudi Arabia. I think England, U.S., Wales, and Iran is a good one. Um, yeah. Maybe Group F with Belgium, Canada, Morocco, and Croatia. There's three good teams in that one. That could be the group of death with there. I'd love to see what other people have qualified as the group of death this year. Um, but like I said, it's going to be great. I, I don't know what the entire schedule is looking like. For me, I, I love soccer, so the longer the better. If this goes to you know Christmas. I believe it be will nice end presence. the week before Christmas. Oh, that's great. You know, you're at home, you're in the Christmas spirits, you're, potentially your country wins the World Cup. What what else is better? You know, you get a nice jersey on Christmas morning, you rip it up, you see a nice Ronaldo with the World <laughs> Cup sticker on it. Let's go. Knock uh, on wood. Lockdown turn in the chat says, when does FCF come back? FCF, my friend, the excitement right now is not for FCF, it's for fan-controlled hoops. Fan control basketball is just around the corner. February. Potentially. We haven't Probably, really heard. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> we haven't gotten any confirmations, but we have got confirmations on hoops tryouts. And uh, I was there this weekend. And it was honestly a very amazing turnout. There was a, a lot of people that came out, a lot of talented people uh the athletes themselves were you know a, a, a much higher caliber than what i was expecting we they tested speed they got all the metrics that needed to be tested uh so that they can be used for scouting in the nba it was super interesting mostly because i loved watching the vertical jumps why because we had a couple guys that we had to literally readjust the measuring apparatus because they jumped so high they smacked the entire thing out and we had to like all right let's get a ruler out readjust all right let's go all right so that was awesome and a lot of cool interviews went down uh a lot of coaches that came out that saw some of the coaching staff uh coach mike bibby was there very nice guy very cool guy um it was really fun. Honestly, I, I enjoyed being there. And I think that people, especially fans, are going to be very shocked at the, you know, like I said, the caliber of player that's going to be playing. These guys are talented athletes. Some of them have like won one-on-one championships. Uh, some of them have won t- like the Mexican League. Uh, I, there was even a guy who holds the world records for most consecutive three-point shots. And I think that's like 177 in a row. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm super excited. Just like the more the more hype that comes out of this. I was watching Josh McCuga's Instagram videos from the weekend. Just pumped, man. Wish I could have been out there in Chicago. It seemed like it was a blast. Um yeah, so so excited for fan controlled hoops, man. Especially now I've been watching, you know, a lot of basketball. Just gearing up, man. Cannot wait for it all to come together. You know what I'm really excited about about hoops, though, is I, I know that it's going to come eventually, but I can't wait for the fans' involvement. That's always one of my favorite things about uh, fan-controlled sports and entertainment is the fact that fans literally make the logos. 
Like yeah. that's the that's something that like even me, I still participate in that because I'm like someday I'm gonna get my my logos on a basketball on a professional team, and then I can get the shirts and jerseys and the shirtsies. They need to make some shirtsies. I want to see like next season like for FCF. I want to see you know like player shirtsies. Not not the jerseys. Let's just print some shirtsies out. Like, give me you know an Andrew Jamil Glacier Boys one. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, first franchise dope. tag. They should get a shirtsy. I'm just 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 my tip. You know, just float that out there. You know, there's float some people probably there. listening. I, I I genuinely hope, but I don't know. <laughs> Who knows who's listening on these things? You never know if the government is listening. Commission Ray Austin told me he listened to the last episode. So I mean, oh, maybe they're nice. out there. Maybe they're out there. But I mean, <laughs> that's gonna wrap up this episode of Don't Cause a Ruckus, man. This was a really good one. Super packed on the sports side of things. Hopefully next week we get into some more fun, some non-sports stuff. Uh, AJ, yeah. always good talking to you, man. Love doing this show. Oh, it was great talking to you too, man. It's I think our rivalry is strong still. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, th- fans, thanks for coming by in the chat. Make sure you check this out on the YouTube. Uh, there's a whole bunch of shows coming up on this channel right now. Uh, on, what is it, Tuesdays? There's the Info Arcade, which you're also on, AJ. That's a dope show that you can watch live here on the Twitch. You can watch it on the YouTube there's the fan-controlled show that comes on tomorrow, which you probably know about, but that show's awesome. Uh, but yeah, guys, until next time, keep the ruckus to a minimum. Ah, I like that. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Fan-Controlled Sports and Entertainment Podcast Network. Comment, rate, and subscribe to this feed for all of your favorite fan-controlled shows. If you'd like to create a podcast or live stream a show with us, please reach out at content at fcf.io.